Well, I am so eager to share again with you this morning as we continue um, a, a four-week sermon series, which I began last Sunday morning, on a life of blessing. And uh, if you uh, were unable to be with us last Sunday morning, I would like to encourage you to uh, get a CD um, of this. You can sign up for those in the back, or uh, you can go online and uh, find, uh, find the uh, sermons there. And just would strongly encourage you to, uh, to get last week's message, because it will help lay that foundation for you for the uh, upcoming uh, three messages uh, that we'll be doing beginning uh, or continuing again this morning. Last week, um, I spoke on receiving the blessing, receiving the blessing. And uh, I'm going to review that in just a moment and kind of very briefly give you the highlights of laying that foundation, because it's very important as we step into what I believe the Lord wants to speak to us this morning about returning the blessing. Next week, we're going to specifically talk about reclaiming the blessing. And uh, just a heads up on that, that will be for those of us here who may have um, come through our life and never really experienced the blessing. Perhaps, um, in fact, we may have experienced other things other than blessing. Um, The Lord has a a healing word to us uh, next Sunday around that. And then finally, we're going to talk in the final week about releasing the blessing because here's what I want, again, in the reframing of what I believe the Lord is doing in this time, in this season, in this house, is I believe the Lord is creating a doorway for this house to be a house of blessing. That He wants to release blessing out through this house into um, the areas of influence which God has entrusted us with. So for just a moment, though, I'd like to come back to receiving the blessing and our foundational scripture, which is found in Numbers chapter 6. So if you have your Bible, if you don't have a Bible, please um, grab one right in front of you, if you'd like. Uh, You can grab this pew Bible and turn to page 99. Um, You can follow up on the screen as well, but sometimes it's helpful to just have the text right there in front of you. And this is, you'll notice in your Bible, it gives, a, um, it gives a, a header, a heading for this called the priestly blessing. The priestly blessing. The Lord said to Moses, now this was more than the Lord speaking to him some nice thoughts that he wanted him to do. This was a, a declaration that the Lord had given. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. So they will put My name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Alright? I will bless them. Now this morning we are so grateful that our Bhutanese uh, Christian Fellowship is with us, so if you're hearing translation going on behind you, that's what's happening. They're translating the messages I'm bringing it, so don't get uh, distracted by that, but just uh, know that they're speaking out uh, what I'm speaking so that uh, everybody here in the house can understand and hear what the Lord is saying. All right, 
The Lord bless you, keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you, give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Now, let's talk about a definition of blessing. When we think about blessing, probably most of us think of something that's sort of a casual, wishful thinking, that something that we might say, you know, when somebody sneezes, we'll say, well, God bless you, all right? And we don't even really know what that means or why we say that anymore or what we're doing. Or, you know, it seems like maybe the nice uh, thing to do, and so on the end of a, uh, of a letter, we'll say, God bless you, or we're just casually... Well, scripturally, blessing is much more than just a wishful thought, Blessing is far more significant than even just a a hopeful prayer. Blessing is actually a declaration and an impartation. It's a proclamation that we make over someone's life. To bless, or barak, is the act of imparting the blessing, the baraka, the force from which the fullness of life springs and which enables one to fulfill one's assignment and calling. So in the act of blessing, we are actually, there is an impartation taking place into another person's life, an impartation of the life force of God. I mean, think about John 10.10. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have what? Life. Life to the full. Just read that this morning. I'm still trying to catch up with Noah. He was so excited this morning to tell me that, you know, he'd gotten up early when we got, and so he'd read his final three chapters. He's finished with John. But dad, if you'll just keep reading, you know, you can get halfway right now and just keep at it, okay? I love it. I just love it. You don't know what that does to a father's heart. I love that. All right? But I was just reading John 10.10 this morning because I just finished chapter 10. I've come that you might have life and life to the full. So this is what's being imparted. What's being imparted is life. The life that will enable one to fulfill one's assignment and calling. Ephesians 2.10 For you have been created by God and you are His workmanship created in advance with good works for you to do. Each of you have a destiny and a calling and blessing is the impartation of that which will enable you to fulfill that purpose that God has for your life. Do you understand? Are you beginning to understand why this is so significant and important? The foundation for blessing, the source of blessing is the Lord who is the creator and sustainer of all life. It flows out of His kindness and faithfulness expressed through His mercy. Alright, somebody lost a grape? Alright. Alright. Somebody's trying to feed me here. That's good. Alright. The source of blessing is the Lord who is the creator and sustainer of life. This isn't magical thinking. This isn't coming out of your own energy or strength. This is coming out of the heart of God. Out of His faithfulness. Out of His kindness. 
And it's expressed through His mercy. He is the Creator and Sustainer of all life. You with me? Following? Okay. The framework. The priestly blessing was given in response to the atonement. We're going to talk about that a bit more just at the end of the message. But it consisted of three parts. So it, it was given. We went back into that last week. We looked at... Leviticus, we looked at when the priests were instructed to do that. It was after the atonement, after the offerings had been made for sin and fellowship offerings and burnt offerings. Then they spoke this blessing and it was an increasing flow of blessing that poured out over the people of God. And that blessing consisted of three parts. First, provision and protection. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, His favor and grace. And thirdly, His love and peace. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. Here's what I shared with you last week and I want to remind you again. When the Lord looks at you, His face is turned towards you and His face is shining with His favor and love. And His deep desire to pour in His grace and peace to you. This, by the way, I didn't mention this last week, but you'll notice in many of the letters in the New Testament, one of the salutations, one of the ways of, 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 that all of those letters were opened was with the words, grace and peace to you. Many of you have ever received an email from me. That happens through Liz, but yes, anyway. You've received an email that was written in my own hand at one point. I often begin with that grace and peace to you. And I end with blessing. And it's more than just a formula. There's again, an impartation, there's a proclamation that's being made there of the grace and peace, the favor and love, the provision and protection of the Lord. And the final promise is that the name of the Lord will be placed upon His people and His blessing will in fact come upon them and accomplish what He intends. The fact that the Lord says, so they will put My name on the Israelites. Here's the issue, people. We forget who we are. We forget who we are. we got a lot of people who are naming us all kinds of things. Some good, maybe some not so good. But the heart of God is to name us as His people. And when He does, He declares His intention that He will accomplish His purposes in us. I've been thinking about this naming a lot because... And, and, and here's where we make the transition into this morning, returning the blessing. Here's, here's the heart of this. As we have received the blessing from the Lord, we now get to return that blessing to others. As we have received it, we now return it. It becomes a, a, a cycle of blessing. He has blessed us, and out of His blessing to us, we now return a blessing to others. 
Others in our household, our children, our spouse, our roommates, our friends, our co-workers, our neighbors, our brothers and sisters in Christ. We have the opportunity to return a blessing. One of the most powerful things that the Lord has placed in our hands, and this is the tie-in to what I was just talking about naming, one of the most powerful things that the Lord has given to us as human beings is the power to name. Go all the way back to Genesis, Adam and Eve. God gave Adam the responsibility and the privilege of naming And when we name, we're saying something very, very significant. Annette and I thought long and hard, and we prayed and and dialogued together about the names of our children, who they would be, who they were called to be. There There was a purposefulness in the naming of our children. Many of you heard the story about Noah's naming, that we were, we were dialoguing about different names and seeking the Lord regarding him, and the Lord spoke to Annette in a dream. In the dream, we didn't know, we never knew, we never had, um, uh, what are those called, ultrasounds and things like that, so we didn't know what our children were going to be, boys or girls, so we didn't even know the gender of our child. But the Lord spoke to Annette in a dream, introduced her to a child and said, this is your son and his name is Noah. Well, at that point, you know, Noah went to the very top of the list of names that was going to be for our son. All right? So naming. I believe that this was what Jesus was doing. Now, last week we had a baby dedication. And I believe that this is what Jesus was doing when he brought the little chi- when the people brought little children to Jesus to have him touch them to have him touch them. But the disciples rebuked them and when Jesus saw this he was indignant and said to them, "Let the little children come to me, do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it." And he took the children in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Children had no value in that society at that time. I mean, they were pretty much virtually ignored. They were just chattel. They were, you know, they were, yeah. Not unlike sometimes in our society today, but... But Jesus greatly valued them, and He brought them, and He took them in His arms, and He blessed them. And in His modeling, I see a picture of blessing that I want to talk about this morning. And many, many years ago, uh, Gary Smalley and John Trent wrote a book called The Blessing. Excellent book. They speak about this, and so I just want to We're going to walk this through this morning because this is the practicalities of returning a blessing. Here is what it means to bless another human being. A blessing begins with a meaningful touch. It continues with a spoken message expressing high value. This message pictures a special future for the one being blessed. 
And the blessing also comes with an active commitment to see the blessing come to pass. And that's a mouthful. And we're going to break it down now in our remaining time here this morning. First of all, the elements of the blessing begin with meaningful touch. Meaningful touch. Our biblical example of this is found in Genesis chapter 48 and many other places in Scripture. It says, when Israel saw the sons of Joseph, he asked, who are these? They are the sons God has given me, Joseph said to his father. And so Israel said, bring them to me so I may bless them. Now Israel's eyes were failing because of old age he could hardly see. So Joseph brought his sons close to him and his father kissed them and embraced them. But Israel reached out his right hand, put it on Ephraim's head, though he was the younger, crossing his arms, put his left hand on Manasseh's head, even though Manasseh was the firstborn. Here's what I want you to see, and there's other things in this picture we could talk about. We're not going to do that this morning. What I want you to see is this picture of Israel taking his grandsons, drawing them close, embracing them, kissing them, placing his hands on them to bless them. When we take little children in our arms, we place our hands on them. You extend your hand. There is, a, there is a powerful symbolism to the extending of the hand. In the Scriptures, in, in James chapter 5, it says, lay hands on one another in, 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 in the light of praying for healing. There is a transfer that happens... It says even don't lay hands on someone hastily in terms of, of setting them apart in ministry, but think, because there's an actual, again, in that touch there is a symbolic impartation that takes place that is very significant and important. But not only that, there is a powerful physical blessing Goodness and virtue can be transferred through appropriate, meaningful touch. We have five, I don't know what it is, billion, trillion, something like that, nerve endings in our body, nerve sensors, you know, touch sensors. One-third of those are in our hands. One-third of those are in our hands. They're even getting to the point where they're teaching people to read Braille without even, without even raised, raised, um, you know, paper that, that just, just flat paper because the, the touch is so highly developed that it can feel the actual, even ink on a page, you can feel your sensors are so, um, powerful that they can sense that change. They've done studies, doctors. They did a blind study with doctors where they, um, they took them in and they had them go with patients and half of the doctors, when they were meeting with the patient at the bedside, simply put a hand gently on the patient's leg while they were talking to them and half of them didn't. And, and they went the exact same amount of time with the patients and the patients who received a hand their, what they said was, 
that their doctor spent twice as much time with them as the one who didn't. It's a demonstrated fact that touch, that hugs can lower blood pressure. In fact, all of us need 8 to 10 hugs a day. Some of you are going, no, please, not that. But I'll give you good news. When you do that, again, studies show, you'll live two years longer. Meaningful touch is enormously significant. Think about this. In Mark chapter 1, we already read this in Saturate. We read this in the second book, the second gospel of the Bible. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man and said, I'm willing. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Now, again, Lepers had to hold a placard in front of them saying, leper, leper, unclean, unclean. They, they could not be touched by anyone. When Jesus reached out, a man of God reached out and touched that man. He was demonstrating something incredibly powerful. He was demonstrating that life is stronger than death. That health is stronger than illness. That blessing is greater than cursing. And it came through that touch of His hand. Next element of the blessing. Spoken word. Everybody heard the old sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? Words will never hurt me. Wrong. Really, really wrong. Words are powerful. They have incredible power. Think about it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And what? And God said... John 1, this is the scriptures that we're reading right now in Saturate this particular week and next week. If you haven't started, as I told you last week, as I'll tell you again, if you don't read anything else in Saturate, if you don't read any other book of the Bible during this time, I sure hope you do. But if you don't read anything else, please read John. Okay? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In the beginning was what? The Word. James talks about the Word. In James chapter 3, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person. It sets the whole course of his life on fire and is in itself set on fire by hell. There is power in words... To steer lives. 
I've shared this before, let me share it again. Somebody did a study, and I believe it's true. 80% of what we think about ourselves and other people is negative and critical. 80% of the time, the thoughts that we're thinking about ourselves and other people are negative and critical. And a good portion of those are coming out of our mouths about ourselves, about other people. Well, who in the Bible is the one who condemns? Who's the one that's always negative, critical, and accusing? Who is that? Satan. So if 80% of the time we're agreeing with him, we're in deep trouble, people. And God wants to change that because otherwise we can set a course of, for our lives and the lives around us. There is a whole course of his life set on fire. Set towards destruction. Our words can bring great pain and woundedness and cursing to other people. They can also bring great healing and benefit and blessing. I don't know, which do you want? And what do you want your life to exhibit? What are the words? Start thinking about what are the words that are coming out of my mouth? Think before you speak. Think. Let your words be words of blessing. Because they can set a whole course. And in this area of blessing, by the way, the spoken word is very significant. Because one of the places, we'll talk about this next week more when reclaiming the blessing. Sometimes it's not that words of cursing have been spoken or words of blessing, but no words at all. You know, Oli and Lena, the good Swedes, when they got married... Oli said to Lena, you know, and Lena, years later, 30 years into their marriage, she said, Holy, I don't really know. Do you love me? He said, Lena, I told you on the day that we got married that I loved you, and if I ever change my mind, I'll let you know. Okay? Well, let me tell you, that's not enough, people. It's not enough. If you hang around our house a while, you'll figure out that we keep a continual channel of spoken words of love to one another. I don't, I don't remember the last time I ended even a simple conversation with my wife about who's picking up the kids with, I love you, honey. Not because she needs, you know, not, not because she's insecure about whether... I'm loving her or not today, but because I want to make sure that there's a continual channel open where that blessing of God's love can keep flowing through into her life. All right? I don't know what just happened. Where did it go? All right. Spoken word. Expressing high value. So these words that we give are not just any words, but they're words that express high value, worth, something that is valuable, words of esteem, words of honor, words that build up. These are the words that express high value. Genesis chapter 49. You can go there if you'd like to. In your Bible, it's just back a little bit from what we were looking at earlier. Jacob is blessing his sons. 
And he says to them, and here's just a few different ones that he picks out of all of the sons that he has. I just picked out a couple of them. You are a lion's cub, O Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness, who dares to rouse him? Naphtali is a doe set free that bears beautiful fawns. Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall. Each of these blessings speaks into the sun high value that's connected with how God has created them. Judah is strong, loyal, fierce. Naphtali is probably the artist in the group. And he is a doe set free, bearing beautiful fawns. Joseph, that fruitful vine. There's a life of fruitfulness and blessing that's coming to him. And I love this scripture in Genesis 49:28. And this is not only for parents. Everybody in the house who has the opportunity to bless another person, listen to this. These are the 12 tribes of Israel, and this is what their father said to them when he blessed them, giving each the blessing appropriate to them. Giving the blessing appropriate to them. This is the proverb, raise up your child in the way that they should go, and in their old age they will not depart from it. That's not simply the, the promise of, well, if I, if I just hem them in the right way, then when they're old they'll come back to No, it's raising them in the way, in the trajectory, in the calling, in the destiny, in the destiny that God has given to them, the purpose for their life. Everybody see that? This is very important. Vitally important that you speak words of high value to those around you. I love this. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. heaven, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Simon's name originally was Reed that would sway back and forth. And Jesus said, you're not going to be a reed. You're going to be a rock. He named him with words that expressed high value. What are you naming your children? What are you naming your children, people? What are you naming your spouse? Words like, you're so lazy you'll never amount to anything. I can't even imagine what that would do. To the heart of a child. You're so irresponsible. You're going to be... Now you can say, that was irresponsible. In this case, what you just did, that was exhibiting laziness. You can correct and discipline and approach things that need to be approached very concretely. But when you label with words that become prisons, God help us. God help us. God help us. And for one another. To one another. Words that picture a special future. Oh, I love this scripture. Isaac. Here we are in Genesis 27. So, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you know, here's all the blessings being passed down generation to generation. His father Isaac said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. 
And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. That's a really good blessing to give to your sons, by the way. Just hold them close and say, Ah, you smell like a field boy. All right. That's words of high value, all right? But listen to what he says. May God give you heaven's dew and of the earth's richness an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. None of this had taken place in his life yet. But he's speaking in a special future. What are you speaking into the lives of your children? What are you speaking into your spouse? What are you speaking into your roommate, your classmate, your co-workers, your neighbors, your friends? What are you speaking? Are you picturing a special future? This is how God speaks to us. He says in Jeremiah 29, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Here's what Jesus said, in my Father's house are many rooms, if it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, so that you may also be where I am. I don't think that's in Matthew, I think that's in John, yes. (laughs) John 14, yes. But here are the words that are spoken, that speak blessing, that say, you have a special future. I have plans for you. My heart is for you. My favor, my grace is with you and upon you. Do you see this? This opens up something wide. Are you catching this? This is returning the blessing. Because God has blessed us, we get to return this blessing to others. One last element. With this blessing, implicit in the blessing comes an active commitment. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions, sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us love with words... Not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. So there's an action behind this. It's not only words. It's active commitment. First of all, committing them to the Lord. The wise parent, the wise person commits others first to the Lord and then committing ourselves to benefiting their lives. In his great book, Love, Acceptance, and Forgiveness, Jerry Cook says this. He says, Love is a commitment and operates independently of what we feel or do not feel. We need to extend this love to everyone who comes into our church. Brother, sister, I want you to know that I'm committed to you. You'll never knowingly suffer at my hands. I'll never say or do anything knowingly to hurt you. I'll always in every circumstance seek to help you and support you. If you're down and I can lift you up, I'll do that. Anything I have that you need, I'll share with you. And if need be, I'll give it to you. No matter what I find out about you and no matter what happens in the future, either good or bad, my commitment to you will never change and there's nothing that you can do about it. You don't have to respond. I love you and that's what it means. When we make that kind of scary commitment... 
to one another, to actively commit ourselves to another's well-being, something shifts and changes in people's hearts, in people's lives. I believe that this is what the Lord is calling us to do and to be as a house here at Bethel. We're going to talk much more about this in a couple weeks when we talk about releasing the blessing. But I just wanted to give you some concrete things for you to think about this morning. Meaningful touch. Have you hugged somebody, your child, your loved one today? Again, touches in our society has become something, I mean, you know, and it is a loaded thing because touch has been misused and distorted and, and there's so many people that have been wounded by inappropriate and wrong and hurtful touch. But the response to that is not simply to not touch anymore. The response to that is to touch with grace and goodness and love. Spoken word. To begin to speak words of blessing. To begin to retrain. To, to have our minds transformed by the renewing, the renewing of our minds. To have our lives transformed. To begin to speak words of truth and blessing into others' lives. Words that express high value, that picture a special future, and that are commitment behind that to others. Here's the definition. By returning to the blessing, by returning to the blessing, we return to the heart of God, the source of all blessing. We also return to the freedom that comes from walking in His truth, and we return to the fullness of His inheritance being imparted both in and through us, to us, and through us. And here's my blessing for you this morning as the worship team comes on up, as we prepare to receive the table this morning, as we close the message today and the service. Here is my prayer for you today. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace so as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask Pastor Ben to come and assist me at the table this morning. If our ministry coordinators would please come right now, including our two new ministry coordinators. I told you that the blessing flows out from, was given in response to the atonement. And um, that this morning is the testimony of today, this, the testimony of this table, is that Jesus Christ, who died for you and for me, whose body was broken that we might be made whole, this this is the bread of life to us. Whose blood was shed and spilled. This has become to us the cup of salvation. 
And He invites all of us to come into His family and be a part and receive His life. He wants to impart life to you even this day. And if you've never received Him and asked Him to become your Savior and Lord, I invite you to do so today and receive then these elements, this bread, this cup, as a picture of His sacrifice to you and receive His life in you. If you've already made that commitment, you are welcome at this table, whether this is the first time here in this house or you've been coming here for 30 years. This table is for you. And it expresses the love of the Lord towards you, His favor and grace to you. But it is a gift. Grace is a gift that must be received. And if you've not received that gift, you must receive that gift even before you receive these elements at this table. I'm going to ask everyone to hold the elements until everyone has been served and then we'll receive them together this morning in, uh, as we uh, receive the blessing of the Lord at the table today to close our service together. I invite you to take this time to reflect on the message, to reflect on what the Lord is speaking to you, reflect on your relationship with Him and your relationship with others and let Him come and do His work in your heart today. So...
of Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit. If you're here this morning and you've been alive for any time on this earth, like me, you have spoken words that have wounded. Or perhaps you have wounded with physically And this very morning, this very moment, the Lord, I believe, I just hear in his heart, his desire for us to bring that to him and receive forgiveness and ask him right now. establish his truth in the inmost parts of our lives and his wisdom in the inmost place and to create in us a pure heart. So if you'd like to join me in offering our confession to the Lord of our need for him to cleanse and to heal. If you want to repent of the cursing that you have done either consciously or unconsciously deliberately or even indeliberately, but and you want your life, you want to return blessing and return to the blessing. Receive the blessing of the Lord. Would you just right now open your heart to our Lord and Savior and let him come. Just confess your sin, Lord. We just confess our sin before you. Forgive us, O God for how much we have agreed with the enemy about ourselves and about others. And God, we ask that you would heal us and that you would cleanse us and forgive us and have mercy, O oh God. And change us and transform us through the renewing of our minds 
Lord, we want to be parents who bless. We want to be spouses who bless. We want to be co-workers who bless. We want to be co-laborers in the ministry who bless. We want to be neighbors who bless. We want blessing, Lord, to flow. Forgive us, help us to be people of blessing.